Yeah, yeah. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Unscripted, where we bring you conversations that will leave you with practical tips that you can apply to your everyday lives. I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Before we get into this week's episode of Unscripted, I want to give a quick introduction to my guest. My guest this week is Samantha Brooks. Samantha Brooks is the CEO of Mortgages of Canada. She's a speaker and an author of the book entitled Cash is Queen, 11 Life-Altering Wealth Principles for Entrepreneurs and Trailblazers. Look, Samantha is... I've been trying to find the right word to say, but honestly, man, Samantha is a beast. She knew early in her life that she wanted different, so she made decisions that matched the things that she wanted, right? Throughout this episode, she shares some personal matters that left her in a tough place, but it's that same pain that altered her life, and she wanted to use her life lessons to impact lives. With 20 years of experience in the real estate, the information and the authentic guidance that she gives her clients, you can see why in the recent years she's generated sales over of a million dollars. Samantha is honest, she's confident, she's genuine, she's the real deal. So without further ado, enjoy this week's episode of Unscripted with Miss Samantha Brooks. Wait a second, wait a second. If you could do us a huge favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review, that would truly be appreciated. If you are interested in seeing how you can best help support the podcast and would like to support the podcast, then head on over to www.akeeminspires.com, head on over to the podcast section, click on it, and scroll down and see how you can best support the podcast. Thank you again for being consistent with listening to the podcast each and every single week. Until next week, enjoy this week's episode of Unscripted. Hello, hello. Hi, Akeem. How are you? I'm well. How are you? You can hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly fine. I'm great. Thank you for inviting me today to uh, be on your podcast. I'm excited to have this discussion with you. I got many questions, but first, <laughs> but oh, first, do, eh? first, I hear it's snowing over there. It did. It's it, there's still snow on the ground. It's not so bad. It mainly snowed on Saturday, I think it was. Uh, it was heavy packing snow, so it was kind of nice. But yeah, it hasn't snowed since, and uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how this whole year is gonna look because with COVID and everything else, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting if it snows more. <laughs> you see, I'm 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 not sorry for you. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. <laughs> why? Because. Calgary, we've been had snow for months. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you're in Calgary, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm out west. I'm out west, so we've been had some snow for a while now. Wow, that's crazy. And is it like you guys have a lot of snow? Uh, it's very. The thing with Calgary is, even though you may not have a lot of snow, if the wind is there, it really doesn't matter because the wind is vicious. Right. But wow. I think right now uh, we have a decent amount. So I'll, I'll I'll take it. I hope it melts soon. But, you know, I'm I'm an optimist. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> but I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for coming on. Um, I want to get into, you know, the first little questions. But first, um, I was doing a little research, watching this video, watching this interview with you. And a couple things stuck out to me. 
Oh boy. Now, first of all, you got to tell me what interview it is first, because before we dive into all of that, because I got to know like what you're referring to. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just getting a little excited. <laughs> it was, um, um, you were talking about uh, real estate and, and finances, but it, 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 what brought me to it was how you were speaking. And some of the things that, that stuck out to me, um, and which goes back to my first two questions that I'll, that I'll get into is I noticed from my perspective, you are very determined. You are very passionate, very motivated, but also extremely joyful. And I think the first two questions that I want to ask you is one, tell everybody where you're from, because I think it's important to know that we all come from different walks of life. And two, where does that joy and that determination and that passion that and that motivated sense of movement come from? That's 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 the first two questions that I want to know. I want to know the backstory behind it. What was growing up for you like? What 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 were some of the things that um, you were dealing with, thinking about, dreaming, imagining? Take me back to the backstory. Oh my goodness. Ooh, I, I love question. I love them both. But question number two, I can't wait to dive into this. You sure we only have 45 minutes? Okay, no. We'll have as much as you need. <laughs> All right, awesome. So, okay, so let me start from where I'm from. Um, I was born and raised in Kitchener, Ontario. And uh, my parents, initially, they had owned a home um, when I was young. Uh, I believe it was something they were kind of trying out with, like, a lot of the, um, a lot of other uh, Jamaican immigrants at the time had moved to Kitchener from Toronto and they were all buying up these houses in the same neighborhood. So my parents were homeowners and I at a very young age when I was young, but then my dad, for whatever reason, I don't know who gave him some type of advice. And uh, <laughs> he ended up walking out, leaving the house without selling. I'm just like, that doesn't make any type of sense. And we end up moving to like, um, like an apartment building, not even a condo. And we lived there for a while. And then we end up moving into uh, like housing after that, um, and it just, it never really made sense to me. So I, I didn't understand it. The neighborhood was much different, um, than what I had originally had known as a, you know, when I was like three or four years old and having that great sense of community with like a pool and everything else with our first home. Um, but yeah, when we, when we moved into housing, everything changed. Right. So, um, I, I just knew that, you know, my, my dad ended up leaving and my, well, my mom and dad ended up splitting. And uh, my mom had a really hard time raising us. It was just her as a single mother. Um, my two other brothers, we lived in poverty, like literally. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she would shop at secondhand stores. I personally could not go in there because I could not. And I mean, it's not, no offense to anybody else, but personally, just me, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Like, I literally could not breathe. Like, some my cousins and family members, everybody would go. And I'm just like, I, I'll wait outside. Like, that was just like, mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. just me. I'm like, I, I can't breathe in these places. So... I was like, okay, I, this is not, this is not where I'm, this, I'm not supposed to live like this. Do you know what I mean? So I think at a very young age, I realized, okay, this is not who you're supposed to be. Let's step up. So at a very young, I think around eight years old, eight, nine years old, I started to dream. Mm. Yes. I started to dream. And I, and I remember I wanted to be an Olympian. I wanted, I wanted more for my life. I, I told my aunt when I was 10 years old that I, I'm going to marry a basketball player. Don't ask me what <laughs> I knew about basketball players back then. But anyways, we'll get to that story later. Um, anyways, and so, you know, it was just it was just one of those things. I just started dreaming. Me and my brothers were, like, dreaming. So, anyways, we lived in this housing complex for a long time. And I know that a lot of people that lived there have 
not really done well for themselves. And I'm, and I, and I think it has a lot to do with opportunity and, um, and, and the environment that we were in and some of them getting caught up in drugs and, and, uh, you know, the, just the environment, right. Overall, uh, what you see around you and, and some of your elders and what they're doing and people adapt to their environment without trying to get out. That was not it for me. I, like I said, wanted to go to the Olympics. I wanted to get a scholarship. I wanted more for my life. So, um, so I, I, I just, I just kept going and that's where I started. Uh, 12 years old, I had my first job. I started where? working at 12. I worked at this restaurant called Henry's restaurant in, uh, in Kitchener. And, um, yeah, I, I, I lied about my age. <laughs> How old did you say you were? <laughs> I told them I was 15. <laughs> I told them I was 15. I lied about my age. I got a job. And I remember, like, I kept going out to all these different places. No one would ever hire me. And then I was like, you know what? This isn't working. So what do I need to do? Maybe I'm just too young. I'm like, huh, let me see if I lie about my age if I'll get it. And then, and back then, they weren't really checking. It was like a family-owned restaurant. They, weren't, they yeah. weren't really checking for ID or anything. So, yeah, I just told them I was 15 and they hired me. Done. I got a job. It was unbelievable. And that's when I started working. And that's when I started learning hard work. I was in the kitchen, dishwasher, bus girl. Like, I, I was doing everything. It was, it was a good job. It was a good little job. I learned a lot from that. So that's where I, uh, that's where I really started from. You see earlier, I mentioned, uh, determined and motivated without even knowing you and look at what you just told me. It, it goes hand in hand, but, but here's something in there too. Um, for me, uh, I was born in Jamaica and I came to Canada and, you know, I, I, I grew up very tough, grew up rough, violence, a bunch of different things, but there was a moment for me that said, you know, I want something different. And when we're young, sometimes we can't really put a finger on when that moment was. Do you remember when that moment was for you that you said, ah, you know what, something's got to change? Did, was it was it something that you saw? Was it something that somebody said? Like, can you think of that moment of when something kind of flicked on in your head? Yeah, it was it was when I was 12. Literally. Um, so when I was eight, I knew, okay, this is not normal, because we're buying secondhand clothing I'm like I don't want this and and again I couldn't even go into the store and I don't know mm. why right but I just didn't want it at eight years old I didn't want to be around it and I didn't really hang out with a lot of the girls in the neighborhood um 12 years old I remember my mom couldn't afford to buy to pay for my track membership and I'm like yeah but I'm a runner and I'm trying to go to the Olympics. <laughs> so yeah, I have yeah. to run. And in order for me to run, I need to be able to pay for these memberships. So I got a job. And that, that was my, my, my wake up moment. Like, Oh my goodness. Like I have to work in order for me to get what I need for my life. And I'm responsible for that. I'm responsible for my own life because my mom can't do it for me. She's raising two, three kids, she has bills to pay just trying to put food on the table. Sometimes she would have to go to food bank just to get food. I mean, come on. Like, I'm a human. I have breath. I'm, I'm breathing. I have life. Why can't I work and get what I need for myself? That's no where, that was when I was 12 years old. I see where we are going here, Samantha. Yeah. Okay. So you get the job, right? Yeah. You know, I, you, you, you told a good lie because it's a lie to, you know, help you a little bit. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
you get the job. Now you're making some money. Um, now some of the things are kind of popping up. You have a little bit more financial freedom. Yeah. What were you doing with your money at this time? Were you, did you now able to get into that track club? Like what yep. were you doing with your money? Yep. I put my money into track so that I could run. Uh, you know, you have to buy a uniform, this, the shoes, the membership, you have to travel, all that stuff. I took care of it myself. I didn't need my mom's um, help for any of that. And uh, I just continued to work. I, you know, I worked for, I can't remember how long I worked at Henry's restaurant, but then my second job, I actually uh, started working at this place. It was like, um, it was uh, like a, it's called a toy library where people could Mm -hmm. come and rent out like toys and then bring it back a week later. Um, And they just paid like a monthly membership. So they could do that for the kids instead of having a bunch of toys that, you know, kids use and then they don't, they only use them for so long, right? So and, they throw away. <laughs> and then they toss them away. So instead of parents paying all this money for toys, you could go to a toy library and rent them out. It was a really cool program. So I worked there for quite a while, and I just was like saving my money, spending it. Um, and then I moved on to a more higher paying job. This is all while I was in school. Can you imagine? So Jeez. 16, started working at Weston's Bakery at a like, it, crazy i was making like 17 or 18 dollars an hour i was making money yes and i was young so i was making like a lot of money and i just saved my money back then i was saving i didn't really know too much about investing but i was saving it because i knew i had to leave right so when i went away to school i had money i went away to school Mm. i still had money and once school was over i came back i didn't have much because obviously that that doesn't take long for money to run out (laughs) um but when i came back that's when life got real that's when it got real for me. So um, when you talk about like where my passion and motivation comes from, I was a victim of identity theft uh, when I came back from school. So um, it was somebody I knew and they knew that I was actually dating a basketball player. Um, I had money. Um, yeah. And this person defrauded me of, uh, I think it was approximately like $66,000 total so money out of my bank account um there was cards in my name that i uh there was cards in my names that i i have no idea well i do know now how they did it they actually created somebody else's they put somebody else's picture on my information that's what i saw at the police station so they know who the person was they they did find them i believe they were charged but it was somebody else's face with my name at, uh, address and uh, date of birth, and I was I was floored. I couldn't believe it. And these people got off with so much money. So I actually had to file for a consumer proposal because I couldn't afford it. It was only like twenty. Uh, I think I was like twenty one at the time, maybe. And I didn't know anything about money. Like I knew that I had money, but I didn't know like what to do with money, <laughs> right at that time. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I started researching. Um, about credit because my credit was ruined. I'm like, what do you mean credit and all this other stuff? Um, I didn't understand all of that. So I just started doing more research, learning about credit, mortgages, real estate. I'm like, huh, huh, you mean to tell me that if I have good credit and I have a little bit of money, I can actually buy a house? Do you Mm. mean that I could actually like borrow money because my credit is good to buy a house? And these people just went and put all this money on credit cards to buy things? I was pissed. Excuse my language. I was like, oh, oh no. no. So then that's when I got into mortgages. And that's where my passion started coming in. Because I'm like, I want to help people, more people, 
I want to afford them the opportunity to learn from me so that they can become homeowners and become wealthy in real estate. And that's where my passion comes from. And I think I kind of lost that a little bit um, recently just because life gets busy, right? Absolutely. And God had to bring me back around with everything that has just happened because I'm going through a transition in my life. Um, and just this year alone, I'm just like, oh, Sam, get back to your, your passion. And that is having a social responsibility to teach people how to become wealthy with real estate. And that's what I'm working on right now. That's what my passion is. So it's no longer about profits. It's passion before profits for me. You know, pain is a great teacher if you're willing to listen and learn yeah. from it. Right. And I think the story that you just shared says a lot about everything. I'm a firm believer that everything works together. Right. Scripture says, you know, everything works together for the good of those who love the Lord according to his purpose. Right. And so it's one of those things where when you think back, all the pain and things that you had to go through breathes that passion and, and kind of reignites that flame. So when you know better, you can teach people how to do better. I also read somewhere where it said you went on this meditation and fast Ooh, for 11 days. What? Where did you find that? That's in my don't, book. That is in my don't, book. Don't, don't, don't worry about how I found it. <laughs> just know it is here. And, and you were just talking about a transition phase. Tell me a little bit about that. Why did you want to fast and meditate for that long? Usually when people do that, you know, you're, you're, you're searching for something. What were you searching for and did you find oh it? Oh my goodness. Man, if I could get deep into that. Okay. Whew. All right. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. So... I'm going to speak on this only because this is coming from my experience. Okay. Yep. I, uh, I had witnessed a lot of, I'd been through a lot and, um, throughout my years when I was in a relationship and, yep. um, there were certain things that never added up for me, like for years. And I, and I, and I knew intuitively that the information that I, that I was getting was correct. However, what I was hearing from this individual was different, from the person was different mm. than what I was feeling and getting internally. And I needed to know that I had made the right decision in leaving that relationship. And mm -hmm. I researched everything to do with fasting and praying. And I went into uh, 11 or 12 day fast, no food. And I had never done it before in my life. And I was still, I was very still for those days. I uh, just drinking tea and water, uh, praying, uh, meditating, worshiping, asking God for you know, clarity and to hear his voice because I, sometimes I actually, I get messages from him um, and I hadn't heard from him in a while. So I was like, okay, let me, let me do this. So I did that and I didn't hear anything, but I had prayed for the answers that I was looking for. I wanted the truth and I got them 
literally seven days after my fast was over, uh, I was contacted by an individual who was um, a part of the breakdown of the relationship. And I never expected it. And every single question that I had was then answered. So I knew for four years, the torturous environment that I had lived in was all really happening. And it was not just me making yeah. it up in my head. I couldn't believe it. Um, that's, that was the first part. The second part was I wasn't sure if I, if I, if I needed to, to move. And God sent this man, and I don't even know him, and this man offered me a house. I don't know him. Well, I've never met this man. He came down into my office and he said, I was told to give you a house. Wow. Yes. And I remember I pondered on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need answers like now. Do I take it? Do I not take it? <laughs> the opportunity was mine. And it was my choice whether or not I was going to take it. And I just, I kept thinking about my daughter. I'm like, I'm not going to interrupt this young girl's life. And I said, I will fight for this little girl because I have a daughter. And um, I'm like, nope, I'm not going to take it. I will fight for my daughter. Just keep the house that we live in. And that's what I did. And so the option was mine, but God brought this to me after I fasted for 11 days. And again, never would have anticipated this happening. Never. You know what I mean? So sometimes Mm -hmm. when you need something bad enough, you have to sacrifice your food, like food is an, an addiction, really. Once you 100%. sacrifice something and God knows that your, you know, your, your flesh, we know our flesh is weak, but when you make that flesh strong is when God starts to work for you. So that is the reason why I fast. Now I am literally preparing right now to go into another one um, because I'm moving, I'm transitioning again with my business, uh, still going to have it, but just transitioning to, like I said, greater purpose, purpose before profits. Right. Um, and I just need to make sure that what I'm doing now, he's in, God is in control, period. I've made a lot of money. I've made a lot of money, like more than I could have imagined. Um, and I just need to make sure that what I'm doing next is, is, uh, is not necessarily for me. So, yeah. Wow. I want to. I want to. I want to go here. When? How did you handle the day to day once you got the signs? Right, because you know, I think, I think, the hardest hits in life are the ones that happen to us when we're not tense about it when we're when we're not expecting it right if somebody's coming to hit us and we know it's coming we have an option to either stay or get out the way because we can see it but when we don't see something that is coming it truly knocks us on our feet how did you pick yourself up what is the process that you would use to continue getting up and showing up and fighting and not to mention you have to be a mother, you have to give, you know, what, what she needs. How did you manage to do the day-to-day from a, from a, from a general standpoint? You know, I'll be honest, I had to stay in prayer. Um, I was so fortunate. I actually met somebody who's very, 
who's very spiritual. So he has helped me to become more developed in that area. And if I did, I'm telling you some of the things, man, if I tell you how I was sleeping on my office floor in March, like you just don't even know the things that I've gone through. Nobody knows. Like this is the first time I'm mentioning, my my best friend knows, my mom knows, uh, my lawyer knows, um, the other individual knows. But people don't know this. And this is the first time I'm talking about it. I'll, I'll talk about it more. Like, I'm sure one day I'll put something out there. But, um, and it's not even that I, it's that I don't have the money to, to deal with whatever, like housing. It's just my situation. And then there was COVID. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, it's, you don't have a choice. It's never, it's never, there's never an option to give up. For me, I'm not about giving up and I'll never give up. I am not supposed to be an employee. So I have to wake up every morning. I have to work. My daughter needs me to put food on the table every day. And if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, she will starve. I will never, and I should, you should never say never, but my goal is to never have to walk down uh, to a food bank and, and try to get food to feed my kid. That's just not an option for me. My... My goal in life is not to go live in housing again. I've been there, done that, not happening again. Do you understand? So that's what motivates yeah. me to wake up every morning. I, I, I can't live around that energy. I just, I, it's not for me. How do you find that? <laughs> right. or, or... I'm working on it. <laughs> or... I'm working on it. <laughs> or... For people listening to it, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this too, especially, you know, when I was training as an athlete, you know, you get so focused on the grind of life, you get so focused on trying to get ahead, you get so focused on trying to build something and, and get it to as high as level as you can. But when you put, you always have to give up something, right? So how did you find balance? What, what, what is something that triggers inside of you that says, hold on a second, I need to step back and give more here? Because you got many different energies to give your energy to. So How do you find you know, balance? It's, I can't even really say, I ha, I, honestly, I don't have balance. I'm just keeping it real. I just really do not. Um, one thing I had to implement was I had to stop working on weekends. That's I just had to take that away. I'm like, you know what? I can't work seven days a week. It just can't happen. Um, when I start burning out, I know I'm burning out. I, I'm no longer productive. I'm no longer able to focus on something long enough to actually make it efficient. Uh, that's when I know I'm burning out. And that's when I actually usually would go on a vacation now with COVID. Let me tell you. Um, so there's really just right now, there is no balance. Um, you know, it's just something I have to continue to work on. But the first step for me was uh, two years ago was taking back my weekends at the very least. And I mean, I still work weekends here and there, uh, but not as much like not waking up at 5 a.m. and going all day still, you know, because I don't need to do that anymore. Um, mind you, I really should because COVID has hit my business, but <laughs> but I'm just not too concerned. I'm just like, whatever. I have no control over this. Just pay your bills, Sam, and get through this time and everything will be fine. You're still making money. So whatever. <laughs> but the balance, it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer because I don't know how many people really have it. Yeah. 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 You got that right. Yeah. You got that right. You know, I think we're all trying to figure that part of it out and you know i i 
I think we just take it day by day and we figure it out little by little, right? You said um, you did one thing yeah. to take weekends off. When you were taking weekends off, like, what were you doing? How were you rejuvenating yourself? What 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 did the weekends look uh, like to get you back on in, in a good state of mind? I would go to track meets with my daughter because she runs. And um, I would just go out with friends or like in the evening, go out for lunch or you know, or dinner or just something. I would sleep in a little bit, just clean. Like I usually have people cleaning the house. Instead, now I clean, you know what I mean? Just things like that. Um, and, and cleaning puts me in a different mindset anyway. It kind of helps me to meditate a little. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe because I don't like it. <laughs> I try to block it out of my head. <laughs> so I'm like, blocking, meditate, blocking, meditate. <laughs> it's one of those things, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, you know, just simple things, right? Just taking time for myself. And uh, yeah, that's really it. What are some of the things that your daughter has taught you? Because you, you've, you know, we learn things from our parents, but when on the other hand, we become parent, you know, they kind of teach us. What are some things oh, that she's, she's taught you? She's such a sweetheart. I have the greatest daughter ever. And I'm not just saying that, you know, some parents say that, but they know their kids are little devils. My kid's not a devil. My, de- <laughs> yeah, my kid's yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> she's so, she's such a <laughs> loving person. And sometimes she catches me if I'm like, being judgmental because remember as we're older we've been exposed to more things right so sometimes we have our own perceptions of like people or um or environments and whatever it is and she catches me like she would say to me like you know mommy that's that's not good don't say that you know you're being judgmental and so i have to i have to stop myself and think okay like let's not do that Always act with love and always see it from the other person's perspective. I've gotten so good at that. And that's why I, I, I try like with everything in my heart to not judge people because she's so, she's still so innocent. And the, the way that we raised her is, is just like that. And I don't know when things change for me. Maybe I'm a little jaded from my experience, but just trying to get back to the fully loving person that I was prior to being um, traumatized, right? Going through my trauma. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she's just, she's phenomenal. She's a great little girl. When you yeah. step into a space where uh, business-wise, where it's, you know, all you ever hear about are the the men selling and the men doing all these different things, selling houses and this and that. When you go into a closing of a deal, what are some of the things that you're thinking about? How do you go inside these inside these rooms and, and and remain confident that look, I'm giving you the best option here, right? What 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 type of things uh, do you go into these business meetings and these things with? Because the confidence has to be there as well, too. You know what? the The biggest thing for me, I think, what works for me is my experience. So. A lot of what I know, obviously, is just from the 20 years that I've been doing this. I know how to close a deal because I know what people, A, need to hear, not even want to hear, they need to hear that you're capable of actually getting this done, period. And when I speak to people, when I'm, in, when I'm doing sales, like right now, uh, especially because my, my staff, like I've gotten rid of my staff, uh, it's only myself and an underwriter right now because of COVID, 
and our numbers have dropped. So I've like, I'm actually the one doing a lot of the intake right now, actually all the intake. And I basically <laughs> have been able to convert, I would say about 92% of the people that inquire that respond back. Um, yes. Come on. I, I convert Come on. them. I'm high at it because I, when I speak to people, I don't speak to them. I don't speak to them like, like as if it's wishy-washy i'm speaking to them with confidence and i'm letting them know you know what yeah we can do this based on the this information this is what i'm going to need but if this is happening then this will not work and i give them all their options up front and then we close the deal that's it and when people hear that confidence and know that they what their variables are they are willing to actually move forward with you because they know that they're in good hands so yeah, I can close the deal. I'm not. I'm not here to give you half halfway answers. There's no way. I'm giving it to you straight, and I'm confident about it because I know. Doing this long enough. Yeah. Twenty years. Yeah, of it's a lot of well. it's a lot of time in the industry. Um, it's a lot of time in the industry. I, I my my biggest regret for that is that I wish I had started uh, my own business sooner. And I, you know, I was advised to do it earlier, and I, I just wasn't mentally ready until I knew that I was, um, that I was going to have to leave the relationship that I was in. That's, that's when I realized that I, uh, yeah. I needed to start my own business because there was no way I was going to be able to get out of it and financially sustain myself when I was working at a job. So. Yes. Cash is queen. Altering yes. wealth principles for entrepreneurs yeah. and trailblazers. You know what? Why did you write that this book? That book is supposed to be, um, because I, again, had gone, gone through a lot of things during that time. I had my best year in 2018. And I didn't want to forget the lessons I had learned for the first four years. Because the first four years, obviously, is growing. You're growing. You're learning. You're, you know, you're trying to sustain your business. You're, you're just trying to put everything together so that you become successful. Well, in 2018, I made just under a million dollars. And... Um, I didn't want to forget some of the lessons that I had learned in the first four years. And uh, so that's why I wrote that book. And yeah, so I put all the little lessons that I put in. There's a lot more than just 11, but it would have been a, a dictionary if I would have continued. So I just <laughs> I had, to, I had to narrow it down. Number 11, it's a very uh, spiritual significant number. So I, I stuck with number 11 and those were the principles that I went with. Give me the one principle. I know they all speak to your heart, but give me the one principle that you would give someone if they would come and say, look, I need you to summarize this book in one principle. What, which, which one oh, do you take action? Most? That's it. Okay. Give me a take little bit action. more about Think that. about it. Take Everything that you've ever had or you've ever received or gotten in your entire life, did it happen? Did it just fall in your lap or did you actually take action to get it? Let me ask you something. How did I get on this this mm. this uh this podcast today? Okay. Oh, I, exactly. I take some action. <laughs> so in order for you to get what it is that you want in your life, you have to take action. Do you think that I would have been able to run track if I didn't take action to try to get a job? No. No. 100%. I had to take action to get a job. Do you do you yeah. you mentioned you ran track? And, yeah. and your daughter runs track as well, too. I ran the one and two, and then uh, in high school, moved up to the two and four. What, 
because again, I ran the same thing, right? I don't, I don't have time for the longer no. stuff. Nobody, I don't, <laughs> that's not my thing. But, but when we talk about uh, mind, body, and spirit, right? The trilogy of life. What are some of the principles uh, that you took from track and field that helped you in your everyday life, not only when you get home, but also in business, right? Because for me, sports taught me a lot about creating good habits, right? What are some of the things that, 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 uh, during your track and field, you know, it's funny because I actually have a chapter in my book about this. (laughs) It's like persistence. So sometimes we don't always see the results right away. You know, when you run track, you train, you train, you train, you feel like you're dying all the time. Like every track meet practice, Every time you practice, it's like death, (laughs) and it never gets easier. (laughs) It never gets, but you show up. Yeah, yeah. And then you go and you run your race, and your time is slower than the last time you ran. (laughs) It's like, like, what the hell you put all the work in for, right? And then sometimes you you get stuck. You know, you get stuck. I remember being stuck for a whole year on like 60.01 was my 400 meter time. I'd only been running the 400, I think, for like two and a half years at that time. And I was like, what? Like, why is my time not dropping? I've been training for so long. Time's not dropping. Every day I'm training, 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 training. Nothing's happening. And then one day, it was actually at OFSA. I remember. I don't know what. I I changed my diet before OFSA. I started drinking more water. I started focusing, studying what I needed to do, putting in some extra work. Went out, ran off the four seconds off my my time. Four seconds. So from wow. that moment, see, I wow. never had a scholarship opportunity before that race. But when I got home that day, you best believe I had some voicemails. You best believe I had some voicemails. All because I changed <laughs> what I did. So it's about persistence. You no, no matter if you see the results right in this moment, sometimes you don't know until you you keep changing something. You only have to be right once, right? Before you see success. And so that's what mm-hmm. track has taught me. If I'm a person who is who is who is struggling to find belief in myself and also kind of struggling to take a risk on myself, whether it's an entrepreneurial endeavor or it's something mm-hmm. uh small, right? What are some things that I should like, what are some tips that you would give someone who's, 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 who's looking, they know they have to do this, but they're having a hard time backing it. How did you do it? And what are some tips that you could share to, you know, finally have the courage to, to embark on something? You know, um, staying motivated sometimes can be very difficult. And I'll tell you the, one of the main reasons when there's a lot of background noise. So when things are happening in the background, it's hard to stay motivated, to stay focused, especially because as you get older, as you know, life is happening. When you have family, kids, all of this stuff, own property, like it's, there's a lot of things happening in the background. You have to keep things into perspective. Staying motivated has to come from within. I try to personally, I will listen to, um, uh, I, I listen to my affirmations. I listen to speakers on YouTube. I I try to go to events if I have time. Um, that will help boost my motivation. Every once in a while, you do need an injection. So if there's one thing that I can honestly say to people, and that is to get up every morning and give thanks. Woo! Yeah. Gratitude. 
come on now. Come on now. I feel like I feel like yeah, I, gotta, right? I gotta write you a little check after this. After this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me let me let me let me let me ask you this then. Um what are some things that someone who's looking to buy a home should look for? What are some questions that they would ask? What are some things that 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 a person okay. needs to look for? So first and foremost, forget about the house, okay? This is, I'm going to tell everybody, forget about the house. Let's, let's just stop right there. Because you can't buy a house if you don't have the money to do so. Period. Okay? So don't be looking. You don't want to go to a grocery store with no money in your wallet. So until you know what, how much money you can, how much a mortgage you can actually afford. That's how much money you make. And how much money do you have for your down payment? Because you can't expect that the bank is just going to go ahead and give you uh, $600,000 to go buy a property without you having any skin in the game. So you got to know how much money you have to put down on that property first and what your requirement is based on your credit, one, two, your income, and how they're going to look at your paperwork, your, 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 your employment type. If you're employed, 5% down. Usually, if you have three, two to three years worth of employment um, history, if you're self-employed and you're not showing all your income on your notice of assessment, honey, you're going to need 20%. And depending on where you buy that property, so if it's in a rural area, you better come up with an extra 5%. So that's 25%. You need to know where you want to live. You need to know, how. again, if you've changed jobs, you need to know how much money they're going to be looking at on your notice of assessment. Do not go looking at a house until you actually sit down with a mortgage broker. The first step is to know how much money you have in your wallet. You don't go grocery shopping broke. You don't want to buy a house when you're broke. <laughs> look, if, <laughs> for those listening to this today and you're about to get a home, look, just make sure you cut Samantha your check and you cut me a little check as well too. Because you know, it's 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 things like that 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 people often overlook, right? But let's get into these last five questions. You know, I honestly we could talk about so many other things for so much longer, but I want to be respectful of the time, right? So these last five questions <laughs> they, should, they shouldn't be hard, very easy. Oh boy! Okay, go ahead. You ready for them? <laughs> Question number one: uh, If you were trapped on a deserted island for two weeks, what are three things you would bring with you? <laughs> water my bible and a bikini my kid and we have to share the water nope i'm not bringing her i'm bringing my clothes <laughs> my bikini <laughs> <laughs> She'll be taken care of. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> Question two. What is the first thought that comes oh, to your mind in the morning? I wake up with praises. Like, seriously. I'm just, I wake up, I'm so grateful. The first thing that comes to my mind is God. And I thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Come on now. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. collection plate in yeah. a couple minutes here. Come on. Question, question three. Yes. Oh, my God. You remember don't the Fear Factor oh show, God. right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have to. We have to. Yeah. Right. So you're on Fear Factor, oh, and there's two no. plates that they put there. in front I'm of you. I'm, 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 I'm even, I'm even going to add some okay. seasoning and some sauce to it. 
on one plate you have oh, you know, oh, barbecue God. worms with spinach, <laughs> right? On on the other plate you have a little bit of teriyaki roaches with bell peppers. I mean the roaches, dog. I mean the Which roaches. one are you eating? <laughs> I, mean I would eat roaches. You would be no, you no, did not I, I need do. Much so squirmy things, uh, reptiles, worms, snakes. I, I, I can't do. I, I, if I'm if I'm walking outside, I'm on my tippy toes because I can't step. I can't step on a worm. I, it's the gross. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Question. Yeah. Question four. What has oh this my year God. taught you? This year. This year has given me a new perspective on life. I I have learned to, obviously I've already been patient, but be even more patient. Um, I've learned that we have no control over our lives at all whatsoever. Like none. Doesn't matter. We can be going through life and everything is great. Yeah. And I already knew this before, just because I've learned through the cycles of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, sometimes it goes down, it goes up, you hit the trenches, you're high, right? I tell you, entrepreneurship will give you mental health issues. But anyways, well, that's not a whole nother that's a whole nother interview. <laughs> yes. Come on. They give you give mental health issues because you're so up and down. But anyways, um, you know. The reason I think the reason why I'm handling this pandemic so well is just because of the trenches that I have been in in the past. This is obviously the worst that I've ever been in, but at the same time, um, it has taught me that I'm really not in control of my own life, and none of us are, because we don't have, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Literally, we already knew this. Like we can die in a split second. I, I got sick in September and who would have knew? Like I didn't catch COVID, but I got sick randomly. And when yeah. they told me what was wrong, I'm like, how is that even possible? I don't even drink. I don't do any of this stuff for any of these things to be affecting me. So what is it? But they said stress can cause mm -hmm. all of these issues. Right? So we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We have no control over our life. So that is the reason why you need God in your life. Because then there's no fear and there's no worry because you walk by faith and not by sight. And that's why I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> Last question. With, uh -huh. <laughs> with uh -huh. everything that you've been through throughout your life, from the ups to the downs, if there was one word to describe you, what would that one word be and why? Oof. That one word. I that one word for all ups and downs. Oh, it's, it's been a lesson. The whole my whole life it's been a lesson. It's been a lesson because mm. if what you've experienced in your past, you have not learned from it and you've not grown from it. You can't move forward. You can't, you That's just can't, you can't thing. grow. That's a shit. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person who likes to give people their roses when they're here. But I think too many times we, 
we don't show respects or appreciation or show the love to people when they're alive. So, you know, you know, for me to you in this new transition that you're about to take, I saw an Instagram story that you were going to announce something soon. Um, but whatever path that you are on, it's, it's going to work out. It's going to be in control because with the 20 years of experience you have in the, in your field, but also the life experience that you have away from it, no matter what comes your way, you'll continue to rise. That's just who you are. Right. So I know that everything that you go through is going to be a testament of the person who you are inside. So where can people keep in so touch with you? Where you can, can find people me on, find you? Um, I am Samantha Brooks on Instagram. That's the best place. I'm, I'm more active on there than I am on any other channel. Um, I will have my website back up because I now have my rights to my uh, to my book again. So uh, that all the websites will be back up and ready to go in the next week, week and a half. And um, yeah, so I am Samantha Brooks is uh, on Instagram. That's where you can find me. Samantha, thank you so much for your time. Um, you've you've shared so much. Thank you. Some things that you haven't shared yet. I appreciate you. And, uh, thank you so much I for having me. I've had a wonderful you what, 45 minutes, almost an hour with you. And uh, you asked some really great questions. So I appreciate you <laughs> taking the time out of your day and choosing me. It's been an honor. So um, thank you. Have yourself a wonderful day. All right. Look, oh, boy. Here we go. Be, here we go. Be a part two at some point <laughs> because we got so much more to touch on. You too. Take so care. The world, we'll, we'll talk soon. Have a good Bye. Time.